Now, very good morning to you. I want to welcome to our studios indeed a man who's been through an awful lot in life. His name is Mansoor Adefi indeed, and he's a former Guantanamo Bay um, Bay inmate, rather, and he's launching his book in Galway in Charlie Burns tonight at 6pm. Now, Vinnie Brown brought this to my attention last week, and I'll Farrell Farn dropped me in a copy of the book indeed, which I was reading over the weekend. Uh, but Mansoor sits opposite me today. Good morning to you. How are you? Uh, first of all, let me start greeting the people in the Yemeni greeting. I would say, Salaam alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. Ya hala wa marhaba rhibaw. Hayakum Allah ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaba malyun. This is a Yemeni traditional greeting to people of uh, Galway. Good morning, lovely people. I'm so happy to talk to you today. My name is Masur Daifi. Uh, you can call me 441 Smiley Troublemaker. <laughs> <laughs> Your story, you were a student and you were basically abducted and brought to Guantanamo. Yeah, my story is one, one of this, of around 800 men and a child uh, who were sold to the CIA, tortured in prison at Guantanamo without trial or charges. And as you know, Guantanamo... One sold, of, you were sold. Sold, yeah. You know, when the American invaded Afghanistan, they, the, the American uh, airplanes used to throw leaflets offering a large bounty for anyone who can bring Taliban or Al-Qaeda or mm. any, any Arabs and people found that make, make, found that a way to make money it's not just that in Guantanamo there were around 800 sorry around uh, uh, 780 men and child 50 nationalities more than 20 languages spoken there was 60 child at Guantanamo well, how did you guess from being a student uh, you were from Yemen you were a student and you ended up um, with your blindfolded, all of that. How did you get to Guantanamo? I, um, we went to Afghanistan on a research mission in 2001. Research? Research mission, yeah. And from there, when 9-11 happened, we were in Afghanistan. Then I was, I was uh, kidnapped by one of the world lords, sold to the CIA as Al-Qaeda commander, 9-11 insider. Were you involved in Al-Qaeda? No, 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 absolutely not. And they knew that. You know, 15 years later, if you can read the book, they said... Yeah. You know, uh, it's a mistaken identity, basically, in short words. But for a mistaken identity, I mean, I'm a quarter of the way into the book and I cried when I was reading it. it I mean, what you went through, no human being in life should have to go through it. My story is not the worst story. There's a lot of people who went through, you know, sometimes I, 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 sometime I say I'm lucky because I met out of Guantanamo. There are people who died under the torture in the black sites. You know, one of the most tortured prisoner in the uh, prisoner in the CIA history, his name is Abu Zubaydah, or they call him the forever prisoner. They hired two psychologists, CIA hired two, uh, two psychologists, contracted with $400 million to, to develop a torture program called Enhanced Interrogation Technique. Now, they said he has no connection to Al-Qaeda or Taliban, so he's not a terrorist. So my story is not the worst story. There's way it's worse not, stories. But, but I mean, you spent 14 years of your life as a young man locked up and being punished. I mean, this is American, uh, American injustice, American injustice. So I, I almost, almost have my life behind uh, as, I'm going to say a prisoner, as a kidna I was kidnapped. Because mm. what they said did, they changed the terminology. They didn't call us uh, prisoners. They call us detainees. Actually, we were kidnapped. You know, they called the torture, they call it enhanced interrogation technique. So, and you, you name it. Even in Guantanamo, when they um, used, used to be in solitary confinement, they call it 
a single operation cell they they wouldn't, wouldn't call it they wouldn't call it um, solitary confinement and what did you do when you weren't being beaten in there during the day i mean it took a while to get food it took a while you know to get a bed i mean from 2002 2010 in the book i call it i call it the dark age yeah. and when you look uh, in 2003 guantanamo mission it changed where they turned it to be an experimenting lab on prisoners and i back my my claims you can research this um document published by Seton Hall Law University this research done by lawyers psychologists and people who are actually involved in Guantanamo the research uh, titled Guantanamo America's Battle Lab Guantanamo America's Battle Lab how one uh, American military turned Guantanamo to experiment on, to, to experiment on prisoners they had under the supervision of psychologists advisors consultant consultant mm -hmm. and so on so talk to me i mean in in the book you were in a cage and there was a young man next door to you and he was very badly beaten and you banged on the cage that you were in to try and get them to stop and then they turned on you and they bet the living daylight so do you and then the man in the next cage he was also beaten so and you were told not to open your mouth stay quiet yeah i mean what they the policy was to tame us so when you see someone younger than you got beating i was screaming shouting at them why are you doing this their yeah. beating was really bad man bleeding so at the sense also i want to draw him back to me because that all we, we always do that we always try to support each other try so you, to you you cause trouble so they come to you and they come to me you. instead of him because we and do all this for each other not just me because and did you worry at any stage that you were going to die during these beatings? You know, I faced death before Guantanamo. You did? You know, people sometimes ask me, are you afraid? I said, no, I don't feel fear anymore. Because in the black side, I was tortured beyond. I can tell you death was a mercy at some point. Yeah. So I had <clears throat> through... Uh, many fakes excuse excuse which like this is the last moment i remember one of one one of one times you, you, they brought me on my knees cold night blindfolded and there were gun to my head really cold and they said this is your last moment in that cold it was totally naked i, I thought this is it. i was sweating all my body was sweating so imagine now i lost the emotion of fear which is not good fear is self-defense mechanism yeah, 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 yeah. so now i don't feel i miss that feelings not because it's courage no fear is really important in life but at that one point when you thought this was it your one wish in life was to see your mother again i love my mom and sorry i miss her no it's okay I don't mean to upset you. no yeah no i'm not upset i'm emotion I, I miss her so much and you know she's the one who brought him and she wasn't who talked to me she, she's the one who you know i know you know you know mothers it's just she's my life i can mm -hmm. tell you this is she still alive yeah she's still alive but you can't go back to yemen no we can't we are not allowed to go back to yemen actually when they release us because yemenis are not allowed to go back to yemen especially now the situation yeah as you know in yemen it's not safe at all you in the killed and present as you know just today the yesterday i saw a documentary about for the 
BBC published a documentary about the assassination in by the United Arab Emirates in Yemen. <laughs> Actually, uh, I had that, I have done some reports on torture and uh, imprisons yeah. in the United Arab and and have you spoken to your mom? Yeah, I have spoken. You can talk to her. Yeah, we we talk. We send messages and we have video calls and and so on. And she's still. And c- could she leave Yemen to meet you? No, she can't. She can't. No, she can't because she need visas and and so on. And you know, as and they won't Ye- give them. No, as Yemenis, as you know, it's hard for us it's to get a visa to any place unless we get invited and it's kind of hard. So, I, I don't want to, I mean, the book which I have here, which I'm going to get you to sign, so I am, it's called Don't Forget Us Here, uh, Lost and Found at Guantanamo uh, by Mansour Adefi. Um, but within the within the book, sorry, let me go back to when you, in to 2016. At what stage did you know you were going to be released? You know, it's a process of releasing people. They know you are innocent, you have done nothing. And they clear us for release. That, at that point, it was a matter to find the countries that would take us. And I felt it, and I told my lawyer, my time is, is soon, it's coming. When they came to release me, I refused to go because they said, you have to go to Serbia. I said, I don't want to go to, I don't want to, go to Serbia. And went in hunger strike, protesting my release. And I was dragged, you know, tied to the stretcher and shipped to Serbia, some of that. Each country who receive prisoners, they would receive budget millions of dollars to, to host those prisoners. But unfortunately, life after Guantanamo, which is a book I'm working on it now, you know, we found ourselves... The country living. would get millions to take you. Yeah, exactly. And did you get anything at all? Unfortunately, no. Nothing? No. So depend, you, depend on the countries. If you are lucky, you will be sent to Ireland, like... Ireland did a good job. They took two prisoners. They're doing well. But in countries like um, Eastern Europe, like Kazakhstan, United Arab Emirates, like Senegal, other countries, people end up dying because there's no medical care. People end up uh, tortured and imprisoned. Some of them still in prison till now. Mm. A man released uh, was uh, released to the United Arab Emirates. He's still there, Rabil Mengazov, a Russian citizen, in solitary confinement. So there, are, there is no any kind of rehabilitation or reintegration program. So were you flown then to um, Serbia? Yes. In a conventional plane or in no, a... No, 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 no. It's a cargo American military plane. So they flew you to flew Serbia? Flew like hooded, chain, uh, shackled, and all the way. All the way like to Serbia? Like the way we were we yeah. brought to Guantanamo, yeah. the same way we were released. So what I want to say that Guantanamo is still open until now. For the last 22 years, Guantanamo was created outside of the law, outside of the justice system, outside of our humanity. Yeah. And for the last 22 years, there is no justice, no rights, no accountability whatsoever. And now I'm on a book tour. I would like to thank uh, Claire Daly and Mick Wallace for giving me this opportunity to talk to people in Ireland too for the, the book mm. tour and to compare for the closure of uh, Guantanamo. Guantanamo. Because Guantanamo is still one of the most secretive prisons in the world. Well, the United States tried to cover it up. Yeah. And almost the world has forgotten about Guantanamo. And what happened in Serbia? How long did you stay there? I'm still there. Still and there. it, you know... Has it been good to you? No, it, it, there's not difficulties, challenges, especially when you are... Listen to the stigma of being a terrorist and a country live in a policing country. It's hard, you know. And my case, it's not the worst case. We have, I told you, some in many cases, we call it Guantanamo 2.0, where in Dub, you have no legal status, you cannot work, you cannot have bank account, you cannot travel, you can't, you can't, simply because you, you want Guantanamo. In my case, I was expelled 
from UNFRC because it was in Guantanamo. My bank account was closed because in Guantanamo. You know, this Western Union and MoneyGram. Are so not have the, you a bank account now? Yeah. You have. But yes, as soon as they found one in Guantanamo, it's similar as that. that it, it doesn't matter. They don't want. Yeah. Like, for example, I, I give you a similar example. I used to send money. My mom was sick. I used to send money through, through Western Union to my mother. And they, as soon as they found it was in Guantanamo, they closed my... They, I'm not allowed to send any through MoneyGram. When my, the BBC contacted my lawyer, they said, well, it is, we have our own regulations. So we, you know, the United States, the, the US government punished us for 15 years. But mm -hmm. I think some people would punish us for the rest of our lives simply because, because we were in Guantanamo. I, I'd love to stay talking to you, but the people can talk to you tonight. You're going to be in Charlie Burns Bookstore tonight at uh, 6 p.m. and you're launching from there, so you are. Uh, so 6 p.m. tonight in uh, Charlie Burns and you'll be signing copies of the book uh, from there. Um, is life okay for you now? Yes, alhamdulillah. I can tell you I'm, I'm well. What <laughs> I'm still wearing the orange... Uh, I see you've got yeah, your, your um, prisoner number and that on your jacket. Yeah, simply I would like to tell Americans, you will never defeat us, you will never break me, you will never tame me, I'm more stronger, I'm powerful. And I took Guantanamo as a gift, you know. Guantanamo, you know, I channeled in the positive way. I said mm -hmm. alhamdulillah. But Guantanamo is just one step in my life. Now my work is to close Guantanamo. Closing Guantanamo for me is the United States must acknowledge its, wrong, its wrongdoing, must apologize to the survivors and victims, and there must be repression and compensation and accountability, accountability, accountability. This is what we are working okay. now. All right, Mansoor, uh, thank you indeed for joining us. Uh, Mansoor Adefi is going to be thank in Charlie so Burns uh, tonight with uh, Vinnie Brown and Charlie Byrne. Uh, tonight and again if you want to hear more about this the book is just quite amazing I have to say I could see it being turned into a TV series yeah actually let me tell you one thing uh, we are we just signed a contract with Amazon uh, an audible book called Letters from Guantanamo mm -hmm. we are working in Life After Guantanamo book we're working on a film and a TV show mm. a TV show called From Guantanamo with Love with Love <laughs> watch this space Mansoor Adefi you have a, a lovely way about you positive way about you with what you've been through in life uh, but again tonight 6pm Charlie Burns uh, just in Middle Street there you can go in whichever way you want to go in you can go in off Middle Street and just at Milano's there and uh, join the team there tonight yeah, just one last word yeah so I would like to say the people thank you so much for having me today and to our dear uh, uh, listeners please join us on the book signing and I would like to sing a song for them which is we used to sing at Guantanamo for anyone who would leave Guantanamo or anyone who got to torture sessions, which me, which, uh, which the word says, Ruh, Ruh, Ma'as-Salama, Allah izidak amnu salama, Ruh, Ruh, Ma'as-Salama, Allah izidak amnu salama, which means go, go with peace. My Allah grant you more peace and safety. So thank you so all. Thank you for having us uh, today. Quick commercial break, and again, further details tonight in Charlie Burns' bookstore, indeed, on the, in the corn store uh, on Middle Street uh, tonight, 6 p.m. There'll be a huge crowd there, and mind yourself, thanks for popping into us today. Now, very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme, and uh, we are with you right through until 12 midday. Don't forget, if you want to see, uh, speak with Mansoor, you can do so uh, tonight, 6 p.m. in Charlie Burns. 
The Motoring Slot, in association with Colum Quinn BMW Select. The ultimate finance at Colum Quinn. Whatever BMW model you choose, BMW Select has tailored finance available that is just as impressive as your new car. Contact Colum Quinn BMW on 091 753 888. Now, Jerry Murphy uh, sits with me today. The Volvo C40. You had a Volvo a few weeks ago as well. Yeah, um, we had the Volvo XC40 a couple of weeks ago. What's the difference? This is a sort of a coupe version of what the XC40 was. The XC40 was an SUV. Um, I suppose I could describe this as a crossover. So it's more car-like than SUV-like. Mm. But pretty much the same running gear right through it. Um, a single motor on the uh, front wheels driving it. Um, it is same size, <laughs> same colour even as we had it two is, weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a Volvo colour. I like the colour. Yeah, it's uh, a kind of a battleship grey, I call yeah, it. Yeah. But anyway, this car um, has a recommended retail price with all the bits and pieces in it of 66,710. Um, does it look like a 66,000 euro car? Probably just about. You have just lost me now. Um, the price well, is frightening. The, well, this the price of EVs know, is still very, very high. Some of them are coming down now, it has to be said. But uh, the prices are still very, very high. Uh, this range starts at 62,000. But uh, with all of the bits and pieces that's added to the one that's out there, um, it requires an extra payment. 570 kilometres, to say, is the range. Um, 300 kilometres for 75% is what it showed up when I charged it yesterday evening. So uh, 75% is, uh, that gives you a sort of an overall actual of sort of a little bit over 400 kilometres mm. for 100%. Um, and that's the same with all cars as well. Some of that driving was done on the motorway on the way down, some of it was done on the old road. So I'm not surprised that it's as low as that, but that's what you have mm. to expect. It's cold, you've got to use the air conditioning because the weather conditions at the moment um, seriously affect yeah. how your electric car performs as far as range is concerned. Okay. Um, I worried the other night, and I'll tell you why, um, because the wind was blowing. I didn't know whether there'd be electricity and mm -hmm. I had 40 kilometres on the clock mm -hmm. uh, yesterday. Um, if the electricity had gone last night or whatever uh, with the high winds, you wouldn't be here I wouldn't today. be here. We'd be doing this by Zoom or some other fangled way of that's, doing that's, it. That's an angle I never thought of. You can't even, you, like you won't be able to charge it at home and if the electricity is gone in the nearest facility for me to charge it publicly, you have no electricity. You're goosed, in other words. Now, it might not have been uh, good advice for me to let it run down to 40 kilometres, uh, given that the forecast was there that there was a second storm on the yeah. way after Sunday yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we survived Sunday night with electricity, but there was no reason to suggest that uh, last mm. night the electricity wouldn't go. So it's another consideration. Cold weather is another one. Cold okay. weather absolutely gobbles up your range. Um, the electric vehicle show, what's it called, Nevo? Nevo. Um, why, is, why is it called Nevo? Uh, there's a company uh, in Dublin called Nevo.ie okay. uh, who, who are organising this in the RDS on Saturday from 10am to 5.30. Free to get in, all you need to do is register on their website, Nevo.ie. Will all um, the cars be there? there? I believe they have about 90 electric vehicles 90. on show. But I think the most important thing here is that 
people will be able to talk to various um, dealers. Well, not necessarily dealers, but people in the know who can tell you how to finance an electric car, can tell you all the details. Mm. I worry a little bit about it because Nevo, uh, and I know the guy that uh, owns it, Derek Riley, he's a man from the, our neighbouring county, Mayo, um, they do promote electric vehicles. They do not promote anything else. So it's a promotional um, EV show that's on at the RDS. But uh, let's be fair and honest, you can always go there and ask the questions that you want to ask all of the time yeah. about EVs. Mm. Might be worth a look, free of okay. charge. It starts at 10 a.m. in the morning, finishes at 5.30. That's the Nevo this, this EV coming show. Saturday. This Saturday, Saturday, yeah. Now, Tony Burke Motors, uh, a new ambassador? Yeah, well, not a, not a new ambassador, but a renewal of an ambassador. Ronan Malarney, um, a, a golfer from Galway Golf Club, went professional a couple of years ago and has been doing very, very well on the various tours all around Europe and has now qualified for the um, for the Challenge Tour. Okay. Plays his first match in uh, South Africa on the 1st of February. But Tony Burke has been backing him since he turned pro. And it's an, it was an inspired backing, if you, if, yeah, well if you want to, to put it. Yeah. And uh, he gives him a car for the year. Um, and uh, supports them all the way. And you'll hear the name Ronan Alarney coming up more and more as the year goes on. But Tony took a plunge uh, when Ronan turned pro. And I think it's paying paying off for him. Good on him, good on him. Congratulations. Listen, mind yourself, uh, that Volvo uh, C40 test drive that he has, 66,710, and that Nevo Electric show is this coming Saturday between 10 a.m. and 5.30. Morphs, thanks indeed for joining us today. Mind yourself and uh, keep safe uh, from all the people. The Motoring Slot, in association with Column Quinn BMW Select. The ultimate finance at Column Quinn. Whatever BMW model you choose, BMW Select has tailored finance available that is just as impressive as your new car. Contact Column Quinn BMW on 091 753 Yeah, very good morning to you. <laughs> My next guest, how are you today? Thanks to you for popping into us. How are you? Pretty good. I got you confused earlier on, so I did. Like that's that. incredible that. Go, go over there. It's an incredible yeah. story. Incredible story. Are, really? you, are you Sean's brother? No. Okay. Sean Finnegan? Mm. No, I wouldn't be. No. No. You're mixed up with someone else. So. <laughs> Talk to me. You're, you're, you're busy. I'm, I'm busy. I am indeed. Keeping everyone happy. Keeping everyone happy, yeah. Not easy all the time. No, no, mm. no. Um, Busy, but it's it's um, we're all busy, aren't we? I mean, it's a symptom of of the society we live in now. It's everyone seems to be getting busier and busier. Yeah. yeah. When you look at it, I mean, we we uh, I've spoken many the time, Tom, on this one about um, gut health and gut and that. Today we're looking at uh, indeed at um, the food that you eat that you put into that gut, and not everybody's gut is the same, and the gut can turn on you. Absolutely. I mean, your gut health will influence so much and especially your mental health and indeed your sleep. And it's a bi-directional relationship yeah. there. We we now really understand that uh, much more. I mean, if our sleep is very, if we're looking after our sleep, our gut biome is more diverse and we're able to cope with the challenges and vice versa. So you say sleep is critical, isn't mm. it? As, as critical as what you, the fodder you put in then? Absolutely, yeah. We, we we know that there's so much happening in the gut that's related to our mental health. I mean, if we talk about, say, serotonin, uh, which is a mood regulator, yeah. that's um, most of that is made in the gut. 
right? Uh, most of our immune cells are made in the gut. Melatonin is synthesized in the gut. And that helps the sleep. And melatonin is the sleep hormone. So um, it's really, really important that we prioritize uh, sleep and we prioritize our gut health as well. How much sleep should one have? Or, or is there an average that somebody should be sleeping? Sleep is deeply personal. Okay, so um, certain people may require more sleep. Experts will tell us seven to eight hours. Um, and that's because we sleep in cycles of 90 minutes. So five 90-minute cycles. Now, some people are fine on six hours. Um, so, as I say, it is personal. We even have genes associated with sleep and chronotypes. Or Some people mm. are early birds or some people are night owls. Yeah. It all feeds in. What would you be? Oh, I would most definitely be a night owl, uh, Keith, yeah. <laughs> I'd be the opposite. <laughs> right, well, I mean, the morning show uh, would suit your chronotype, so... Yeah, no, I'd be the opposite. I love, and I love sleep as well. And if I'm not getting up in the morning, I could sleep 12 hours. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we we, we all love sleep, but most of us, I think, are, are cutting it short, sacrificing it. We see the influence of things like social media on our sleep and our mental health as well. Mm. You're coming to town, so you are with uh, Eunice Power, and you're going to be in the G Hotel. Uh, that's the 1st of Feb, isn't it? That's right, the 1st of, of Feb at 7pm in the G Hotel. So it's an incredible event organised by Precision Biotics. Mm. Um, people can come along, they will get a free uh, goodie bag worth about €70. Euros. It's €10, Euros, um, tickets are €10, Euros, and all of the money will be donated to Women's Aid. Are they the Alflorex manufacturers? That's right, Alflorex. That's right. They are indeed. Wow! So it's a great, um, pro- it's a great product. That it is. It really is a I'm great product. I'm not being now, but I'm on it for about three years, and I find it just quite amazing. Right for the gut and for gut health. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. they're bringing this to town then. They're bringing it to town. And, and this, is an Irish, this is an Irish product, wasn't it? Created in Waterford, wasn't it? Right? That's right. It's an Irish product. And they have one of their lead scientists, uh, Claire Watkins. And she's going to talk all about gut health and that gut instinct we have uh, about something and why that's correct and, and the science behind it. And Eunice, Eunice is amazing. Uh, There'll be, be delicious, amazing, healthy food there as well. And of course, I'll be helping solve people's sleep issues also. You, you said sleep is very personal to people, and it is very personal. But I suppose it's the way that they go to bed at night time if they haven't had too much screen time or if they haven't had a row. Mm. Yeah, it's everybody's sleep pattern is different. So yeah, how, how I mean, do you get them to change it then, Tom? This this is the thing. I mean, it's 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 really important that we firstly value sleep. Sleep is the ultimate act of self care. Because everything is repaired, the body, the brain, we clean our brain while we sleep. So it has to be a priority. And then we look at establishing routines. And I would almost say to people, your sleep routine starts the minute you get up. Because everything you do during the day will inform that. Getting outside, the more light you get, the better you will sleep. The more physically active you are, but the I think you will I think sleep. most people, um, think pe- most people know that. But it's to do something about it, to talk to the likes of you or others in the field. But I think the majority of people know that they need X amount of sleep and they need to look after themselves. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where we feel desperate maybe in the morning if we don't have enough, if we don't get enough. And then the day goes on and we think, oh, I'm fine. You know, I got through the day. But that's, I got through the day. It's only a temporary fix, though. It's a temporary fix. And, and sleep deprivation will 
impact in the short, medium and long term, mm. whether that be mental health, um, gut health, digestive health. We know that all of these systems require rest and require mm. repair and sleep is when it's happening. Where can um, where can they get tickets for this and is there a cost involved in it? Um, tickets can be got, so register for the event on precisionbiotics.ie and also if you look up the Gut Instinct event, you'll get tickets on Eventbrite. And it's only a tenner. It's only a tenner. And, look, and all the money goes, as you said, to... To Women's Aid. Women's Aid. Fantastic yeah. cause. Yeah. yeah. Can we go back to gut instinct there? Have you a good gut instinct? I do. I, I, I tend to have. It's whether I listen to it or not, Keith. No, no more than going to bed, you know. That's <laughs> the question, kind, though. We, we kind of know what we should be doing. I mean, most of us know what we're, you know, uh, doing wrong, but it's it's a matter of changing those ingrained habits. I have a, I have a wonderful gut instinct. Do you? But I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I, I do, and I know you're going to talk about it in the G Hotel um, on February the 1st, indeed. And quite simply, you can get tickets from um, Precision Biotics. So just, just Google it, indeed, and we can give them the good instinct uh, coming to Galway. But it's to know what to do with it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about the action you take. Many of us lie awake at night trying to think our way out of our, our issues and our problems or worrying about what we have to do tomorrow. Um, you can't, you have to action your way out and changing the habits, changing those habits and creating better routines, you will encounter failure. And here's the link with sleep. Um, your brain learns neuroplasticity happens while you sleep. And the trigger mechanism is repeated failure. So it's okay to fail at, 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 at different habits. What's in neuroplasticity? Life. Neuroplasticity is where the brain wires the memory into and consolidates something. Okay. So it's it's essentially kind of learning. And failure happens not once or twice, but a few times, and then the brain goes, okay, I learned this new habit or behavior. So we've all heard about ingraining our habits or trying to Changing them, develop yeah. new habits yeah. and get rid of the old ones. Yeah, yeah. It takes a little patience. And what about a fellow who puts his head on the pillow and has gone to sleep within 10 seconds? He's a lucky fellow. That's me. <laughs> He's a lucky fellow. Most people struggle with that racing mind. Really? really? Um, I don't... I, what the minute I lie down, that's it, gone. It's just... Well, you're blessed, I would say, because most people, the racing mind, anxiety, stress, um, quite distinctive I'd issues... I'd have all that now during the day, so I would, but wouldn't stop me sleeping at night. Well, well, the ability to switch that off, to ramp down activity, to switch between those systems is crucial to sleep, and the same systems that control stress control sleep. So, mm. as a society and our habits and behaviours, what we want to do is kind of ramp yeah. down that activity and learn yeah. to do that. Well, and the stress in the last two years has uh, lifted greatly when I kind of changed my position. Um, so, I don't have that much stress in my life now. Wonderful. Well, it's, it's, it's necessary to get things done, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, even our, like our gut health will, will hugely influence that. Our yeah, stress yeah. levels, yeah, yeah. our anxiety, yeah. our, our mental health. It's, it's a fascinating area that you're working in. Mm. It really is a fascinating area. And by bringing uh, Eunice uh, Power with you as well and um, the crew, it's, it'll be a fascinating evening in the G Hotel. How long will it go on for, do you reckon? I would say about 90 minutes an hour. You know, I mean, depending on the interaction there and stuff, I'm available to answer questions. Eunice will be cooking up a storm and... Um, it's it's just it's a really fun informal event and as I said I'm available there to answer questions if you struggle with sleep. And where can they get details on uh, Tom Coleman? 
tomcoleman.ie or you can find me on Instagram as Tom Coleman. And where are you based normally? I say I'm based in Ireland because, <laughs> do you know what, Keith? I'm all over the country. Whether I'm a Mayo man originally, um, but I would be in... A Mayo man. <laughs> a Mayo man telling fellas how to sleep. What am I going to do? <laughs> I would be in Dublin, Belfast, Cork, all over doing corporate events, talks, and, and uh, working with uh, companies and organisations. It's important, though, that we talk about these subject matters. Bring them out into the open and... and There's no really secret to them. We're all human. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's that connect, connect with people, connect with nature, mm-hmm. move away from the tech a little bit, and um, you know, your sleep will improve. It's mm-hmm. it's that simple, really. I'm sorry for confusing you when I was when I got to ring in Mansoor, and uh, I thought you were his manager or his colleague. So I shook hands and said, "Did you read the book?" But uh, you didn't. But I'll give you a loan of my book, and you can give it back to me so you can. Oh well, well look, it's um, the the link there is, is is sleep is taken away as a form of torture. You know, it's the fastest way to break someone down, emotionally or psychological. Is is deprived but, of sleep? Yes. Uh, what an incredible man! Mental resilience. Yeah, yeah. really and truly. <laughs> Will you come in again to us? Seems you're only up the road, uh, Tom Cole. <laughs> I'd be delighted. I'd encourage you all to, to come and join me um, for, for for goodies, for that goodie bag and for the lovely food and for the experts uh, that, that are speaking at the event at the G Hotel on the 1st of Feb. All right, we have some, uh, how many tickets do you want to give away? The other Mayo man is at the window. We have five uh, tickets to give away today, so just text us your name uh, to 86 Don Coleman, you're always welcome. Thanks for joining us uh, today on the programme. Thanks for having me. Apologies about the confusion earlier on. I confused myself once a day at least, so don't worry about it. Quick commercial break, we're back, and we're going to Banlis and next. Stay tuned for that and more to come. Now, Conor Johnston, who is uh, chairperson of the Banlaslow and District Heritage Society, joins me because the Town Talk series produced by Banlaslow and District Heritage Society will commence on Saturday. Good to have you in studio. Thanks uh, for popping into us, Conor. How are you today? I'm good, thanks, Keith. Uh, yeah. You had a, a fantastic uh, traditional Yemeni greeting there earlier. I was trying to think of the equivalent from Banlaslow, so the closest I could think of was, how are you, cuz? That's, uh, <laughs> that, that's our traditional how greeting. You cause, how are you, cuz? How are you, cuz? Listen, um, talk to me a little bit about uh, the town talks. Um, again, uh, on Saturday, so where where can people get details, Andrew, and how many are you going to have? So the idea is to have, we're up and running as a society, Keith, now for 12 months. We've had a fantastic reaction to many of the events that we have, uh, that we've organised, have taken place. So the idea was to have a, a series of talks that we would run in partnership there with the library, really for Banlaslow to have a conversation with itself mm. in relation to its what is really a very rich uh, history and heritage. But you're having them in the church gallery in the library, which is a beautiful location. It is a beautiful location and uh, you know, really fantastic investment gone into that building Huge, over the yeah. years. And uh, even things like the stained glass windows, it's a fantastic place in it's order gorgeous. to uh, to have a talk. So this coming Saturday, you're looking at the life and legacy of George Brent uh, with John Maguire, then the following... Uh, on the 10th of February, you're having a battle in Slow Town, and the GA and Sean Tully is going to be doing that. So, and, and you move on then from there to the 24th. So, every is it every two weeks? Every then? two weeks, exactly. And the thing with heritage and history is it's very broad. It's, you know, you can talk architecture, archaeology, social, music, sport, etc. No more than putting a program together yourself, you have to cater for all tastes. And yeah. really, that's we want to be a broad church. And the idea, even if you take Saturday there, a character uh, like George uh, Brent, who some people would know, some people wouldn't, but a very famous person in America, a real star of the silver screen, and That's born right. in, well, it's funny actually, 
born in Banlaslow or Shannon Bridge, depending on who you ask. Mm. And uh, that's actually interesting because you can't really tell the story of Banlaslow without that interconnectedness. That's why yeah. we called it the Anne District, because there's huge between East Galway, South Roscommon, over as far as Shannon Bridge, Banagher. It's a real big hinterland. Yeah. And uh, the town really was the focal point of a lot and, of that. And boundaries really didn't make a difference. I mean, uh, uh, They do make a little bit of a difference. They do, but I mean, <laughs> in, in bygone days, I, I'm I'll sure tell you, didn't. Keith, I travel around the country a good bit uh, with work and I meet a lot of people. And, uh, you know, it being Ireland, they say, well, you know, how are you and where are you from? And I say, proudly, I say, Banla Slow. And then they say, oh, you're a Galway man. And I have to make the, explain to them the, the geopolitics from around Korea and where the border actually yeah. sits. So it is possible to be a proud Roscommon man and a proud Banla Slow man. So that border can be a bone of contention in Korea, all right? And what, so the, the, these, uh, the one certainly on this coming Saturday in the uh, Church Gallery, that start, starts at 2.30. Correct, and a fantastic speaker, John Maguire, native of Banlaslow, very involved in film history, uh, journalist uh, nationally, he would contribute to a lot of, of media. Mm. And really, there's a few sides to it, obviously, his life and the history of it. Uh, George Brent himself, very well known for being a, a partner of Betty Davis, and uh, he was contracted, as you would be then, you'd be contracted to a studio, and he produced, he was involved in over 100 films wow. uh, for the Warner studio. And uh, yeah, a, you know, just fantastic uh, story, really rich, but ultimately to understand where his origins came from. And even before he went to America, I mean, even the reason he ended out in America was largely to do with some activities from Michael Collins back in the, during yeah, the War yeah, of Independence. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, so that will all be told and told in a very uh, interesting way and multimedia as well, which is, you know, he'll show a few clips of various films and put them in context um, as well. So we're really looking forward to it. And then the following on the 10th of, um, which is two weeks later, again, is that at 2.30 with Sean Tully, Banlaslow Town of the GAA? That's right. And look, the GAA in Banlaslow, obviously, it's a, a huge heritage there. Like obviously football would be front and centre, uh, historically, uh, but you look at the likes of handball, for example, very strong. You go back, you know, 80, 100 years of the handball alley in Derry Mullen and a very strong history of handball yeah. in the town. And Sean is a, a great rack on tour. So, you know, his view on it'll be a sideways look at it too. He'll, he'll have a few interesting anecdotes. And how long will they last for roughly? Uh, they'll be about an hour, uh, a course of an hour to an hour. Sean's uh, will be an hour and a half. Uh, well, Sean's will be an hour and a half, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, it, Sean. It, I, have to, I have to give him the odd rub. So that's it. It'll be an interesting hour and a half, though. You can be sure of that. We'll also have, if people want to bring in, like in relation to the topics, we've already had people contact us on some of the topics, uh, you know, that they have artefacts or they have things mm. they want to, to make us aware uh, of. Did, did anybody ever look at um, St. Bridget's um, Hospital and, and its heritage? Yeah, like St. Bridget's, there, there is and there has been over the years an actual St. Bridget's heritage group and... You know, when we talk about, I suppose, heritage-led regeneration, you know, when we look at how we develop as communities and societies, it doesn't all have to be newly built, bigger, newer. Mm -hmm. We can look at what we have, we can repurpose it, we can reimagine it, and St. Bridget's is very much, you know... What, what's in it now? Or is that a dangerous, uh, it's, dangerous it's, question? It's, well, no, it's, it's pretty well... <laughs> it's, pretty, it's, pretty much, uh, it's pretty much empty currently, and... Uh, you know, okay, there's a few old stores and bits and pieces in it. It's actually becoming very popular for people to travel to 
uh, to try and get in and take photos, get into buildings and take pictures of it. Uh, there's a whole kind of online where people go to abandon buildings. Um, you know, at St. Bridges kind of feel... We wouldn't, we'd that, that they wouldn't do that though. That's, well, look, I think there has to be a wider conversation in relation to what happens with St. Bridges Hospital. I mean, mm-hmm. St. Bridges is key to the story of Ballinasloe. Even there, let's say... It is Ballinasloe. Oh, absolutely. And you look at, like this weekend is the anniversary of the death of Dr. Ada English, who was one yeah. of the, the foremost really talismanic uh, historical figures in Galway over the last 100 years. We're actually having a mass commemoration mass for her on Monday uh, in St. Michael's Church and uh, a wreath laid on behalf of the people of Banlasloe after that. And it's Loyola Breda next Thursday. And, Mm. you know, anyone who's interested in in Irish history, in particular Irish women, if you think you know everything about St. Bridget, maybe move on to Dr. Ada English and maybe look into her story because it really is fascinating. But Conor Johnson, isn't it great that you as chairperson of the Ballasloe District Hershey Society is keeping this alive? Oh, look, it's it's the people. We have a fantastic committee. We have a 12-person committee. Uh, you know, really broad interests. And uh, ultimately what we want to do is create a kind of a framework, I suppose, and a structure, work with other organisations. Like you have that old cliche, you know, people in order to, if they don't learn from their history, they're doomed to repeat it. But I think in Banlasloe, if we learn a bit more about our history, maybe in the hopes of repeating it, there's a lot historically... Uh, well, if you repeat it, you're doing justice to Banlasloe. Oh, without a doubt. And I don't. I think there there's very few towns in the country that have had such an influence on Irish society across such a broad number of spectrums. Yeah. And we want to keep it, but we also want to move it to the next generation as well. Um, and use the various tools that we have at our disposal to do so. All right, well, Town Talks uh, series uh, produced by Bellness Law and District Heritage Society will commence on this coming Saturday, 27th of January, 2.30pm in the Church Gallery in um, the library there in Bellness Law. Listen, well done to you. Keep in contact with us. Very Conor Johnson, uh, Chairperson of the Bellness Law and District Heritage Society. Thank you for joining us uh, today. Coming up on the programme shortly, we have loads more to come to you now on 12 midday, by the way. And uh, we'll be looking into that financial advice with Dave McCarthy. We'll be asking the dentist. And again, we'll be looking at the Teddy Bear Hospital in Galway and much more, uh, including history talks with Dr. Tony Claffey. Stay tuned for that and more to come.